It's time for the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P and Ev. Let's get to it. Live once again in the city of brotherly love, none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, broadcasting from and hanging out in the WWDB 860 AM studios. Yes, you heard right. You tune yourself in to another episode of the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P. and Ev. Good evening, Philadelphia, Bucks County, Montgomery County, Delco, and Southwest New Jersey. But folks, we ain't stopping there. We are entering eardrums anywhere that you got access to the internet. Stream us live every Friday at 6 p.m. EST by going to www.dbam.com. By the way... I'm one of your hosts. My name is Evan Transu. I'm a professional speaker in the youth mental health space. And what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. Scotty P. And I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others to navigate life through the lens of hope. And we got to shout out Mr. Scotty P. because it just so happens to be his birthday today. So happy hey. birthday, Mr. Scotty P. I appreciate it. 25. I'm hoping it's a good year. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, man. Two young dudes doing some radio stuff Friday night, spending his birthday doing this. I'm sure there's nothing you'd rather be doing than hanging out with me. So that's great. All right, cool. Well, appropriate topic for uh, the evening because it's actually Men's Mental Health Month. So naturally, we're going to be talking about men's mental health for two dudes. One is... um, you know, well, I guess we got to talk about the stigma about this mm-hmm. first because this was kind of like a last second thing. You know, we realized how important this is. Um, not totally last second. We have it prepped for sure. But, you know, it's just something where this is a little different for men than it is for women. And I want to, you know, always say that correctly, right? There are certain things that are imposed on everyone dealing with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain things that certain groups deal with. So just like as men that are heterosexual, we've dealt with certain things. It's going to be different for those in the LGBTQ community, right? That's going to be different. So um, Scott, maybe you can start it off or I don't know if you want me yeah. to, but like, yeah, where can we even start? Like, how is this different for men and why does this matter? Why do they need a mental health month? Absolutely. So first off, I think it's a really important thing that we've created this Men's Mental Health Month because I remember even growing up as a little boy, and I'm sure, Ev, you remember this too because we're you know around the same age, mental health and men, those were two words that never really went together. You know, when you heard about mental health, you either initially thought of uh, one of those hospitals, like a Halloween attraction, the haunted mental health hospital, something <laughs> like that. Or you thought of it was something that was soft and it was weak. And, oh, man, we don't talk about our feelings. That means we're not strong. That, you know, we just got to handle it and keep it on the inside of that Superman mentality. Growing up, I heard that all the time, as many of us men did. But I think it is great now that we're in a space where we feel like, hey, you know what? It's okay to talk about these things. And it's important to. Now, I think a lot of that stigma comes from the fact that as men, for the majority of history, have always been viewed as the ones how you have to be tough. Mm-hmm. If you're a man, you have to be strong. You have to have yourselves together. You don't show emotion. You're the rock for everyone to hold on to. There's that kind of idea that's what a man has to be. And so because of that, if you showed maybe some sensitivity, if you were crying or having a difficult time in any way, it was viewed as you can't provide for your family. You can't you know, handle yourself. You're not the rock that people need you to be. When we know now in reality, that's not the case. Because human, whether a man, woman, or you identify as something else, we all have mental health. We all have to deal with it. And just because you're one gender or not doesn't mean that you're, you know, 
in a position where you can't show those things. So I think nowadays what's really important for us to realize is that, yes, men do have mental health. It is okay to talk about it. And it's important to because we've seen so many celebrities, especially men who have died by suicide. And that just adds to the fact that, okay, there's a problem here. We need to be talking about it, especially as men. Well said, man. We're seeing an entire shift in this generation right now. And it's a great thing because right now is really tough. I keep describing it to people as we're like at the bottom of this valley, but we're coming out on the other side of the mountain pretty soon. It just needs some time because what's occurring for all of us right now, forget the men's mental health thing for a second, is the pandemic has brought out issues that were already present for people. They just couldn't hide it anymore, right? And, And good. I don't want them to be able to hide it, right? I need them to be able to talk about this stuff. And at the same time, In this valley, we're also seeing people deal with this stuff who have never dealt with this stuff before. It is Mm -hmm. the first time, and it's scary. And so, yeah, we're like wandering around right now with like our chickens with their heads cut off. Like we got no idea what to be doing. Uh, People like us are trying to do what we can. Counselors are doing what they can. Doctors are doing what they can. But the inflow is way too much. Like we can't match that with outflow. It's not how it works. Um, But again, the good side of this is we're starting to see all these really stupid things that we did as a a race, as a human race, and as a society, and we're realizing what needs to change. Mm -hmm. And so with the man stuff, it's kind of interesting because I look back at like my grandfather before he passed away. I look at my dad even still to this day, right? My dad's a great guy, by the way. My grandfather was an awesome dude. But these are the stereotypical guys to a T. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they were directly teaching me this stuff. My dad and grandfather never once came up to me and said, oh, like, stop crying or stop doing that. No, no, no. And guess what? Some parents do that. Like, no, I didn't have it like that. I was very lucky. But you still learn through osmosis. You see these people doing certain things and you learn that. And it's just very interesting to think about how I behaved at 17, 18, or even 19 years old. And I was actually doing kind of well at 19, but I maintained this. Mm-hmm. This image that my grandfather and uh, my dad have. We work our butts off. We don't complain. We don't show emotion. And that's it, man. Tough as nails types of dudes. Like, But that doesn't always work. Right. Didn't seem to work really well for my grandfather overall. I think a lot of his physical health issues probably related to stuff that he didn't talk about. And my dad seems to be doing okay with it, right? <laughs> you know, because yeah. he's got a good life overall, good family and stuff. For me, it definitely didn't work. I mm-hmm. thought strength was, this is the irony, I thought strength then was not sharing this stuff. It's dealing with it and bottling it up. And I realized later, no, no, no. Strength is actually the ability to talk about this stuff. That's what strength is. And so that's not to suggest that these other people are weak. I'm not saying that. But it's just weird that we would think that strength is, oh, I can get through anything and I'm not going to use anyone else. Like, no, Mm -hmm. that's silly. It's the ability to go away from that societally imposed stigma and say, you know, no, I'm actually going to share this anyway. That's what strength is to me. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, Ev. I think strength, in a lot of ways, it's harder to, you know, show that strength on the inside because that means we're being vulnerable. But that strength, I think, personally, in my opinion, that's a stronger thing to be able to do to admit that, hey, I need some help. I'm struggling right now. I need to talk to somebody rather than just trying to keep it inside. Because, look, anybody can keep things inside. That's not that hard to do, right? It's easy to say, okay, I'm waking up today. I'm putting on that emotional mask and I don't want anybody to see it. A lot of us do that on a daily basis. And I know for me, that's something I try to work on because I want to make sure that I'm being authentic with myself and I'm taking care of my mental health by reaching out to those that I'm close with when I know I'm in that tough spot. And that's what's really important to do. But I think as a society, for many years, we glorified the whole put on a mask as a man. 
Uh, everybody puts on a mask, but especially for men, it was put on this mask and you know, sit down, shut up and be quiet and get the job done. And I'm not taking any shots at the older generation who did that. That's just how they were raised. That's how things were. And that's okay. Everybody's different. But I think we need to get to a point and we're getting there where it's realizing, okay, you know what? Everybody has a breaking point. Everybody does. And it's okay to show that sometimes. And if you have a, a, a need a mental health day, that doesn't mean you're weak. That doesn't mean you're soft. That doesn't mean you're any less of a man at all. Some could argue that means you're actually more of a man because then you're realizing that you're in tune with your feelings and you're able to show those things. Sure. And just to jump in with kind of like, you know, some more serious stuff as we're talking about, always in part one, I should have said that in the beginning, we, we always try to just define the topic, why it even matters, like what's mm -hmm. going on. And then in part two, we share more lived experiences. And in part three, we share our coping mechanisms with this particular thing. And people don't realize how much this stigma has really taken um, a hold. So in 2019, men died by suicide 3.63 times as often as women. Mm. So what that means, guys, is like people who actually attempted. It's not that right. just, you know, that many more men did it. It's literally, okay, all these people attempted and that more often um, that's happening. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of scary. And then another thing is too, and I, I actually don't know the reasoning behind this. I just know that this is a fact. Men use more direct means when attempting mm -hmm. suicide than women. Now, right. I absolutely hate we could do a whole uh, um, you know, episode on the stigma around women's mental health. I don't think we're, we'd be as qualified to talk about it necessarily. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like one of the things that um, women would get the stigma for is, oh, well, you attempted suicide in a way that was probably not likely to actually take your life or that you knew someone would find you. So you didn't really want to do that. It's like one dude, are stigma you, too. it's like yeah. one, like how stupid of a comment can that be? <laughs> oh, you didn't like really want to like do that. It's like, why would you even be having that conversation? Even if you thought that was true, yeah. but no, it's actually the way our brains are wired differently. That's from my understanding with this. And I'm sure someone can speak about it more intelligently, but it's that, yeah, men will immediately go uh, to like the more direct routes, like firearms, like, you know, using a motorized vehicle or whatever, yeah. whereas women might do something else. And so, yeah, they actually have a better chance of surviving with that. Someone might find them, right? They might actually just live through whatever they did. But if a man attempts to do that, yeah, man, um, that's going to happen. And I know we got a buddy, Jordan, and, and Jordan's very public. His name's uh, you know, out there for people. Um, Jordan went out a nine-story building at one point at 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And thank God he's alive. But like, yeah. that's a pretty direct route, man. Um, and what that's one of the things that's so incredible about his story and what he's been able to do, because when he did that, obviously he didn't have a plan of coming back, you know, mm -hmm. like that was a direct thing. So I think that's another point that we really need to get across because yes, it's always great to deal with our mental health. Scott and I would love to live in a world where people don't have to deal with this stuff, but if yeah. there's only one thing that we can ever give from the show, it's stopping these suicide attempts, stopping the drug overdoses, the serious stuff, right? Absolutely. And all this stuff begins with acknowledgement. And that's why I'm proud of our society is the fact that we are moving towards acknowledging that, hey, look, men have these issues too. This is not just you know, for only certain people. This is for men as well. But I know that one of the areas that we still need a little bit more work on to do is allowing men to feel like it's a safe space to talk about it. It's one thing to acknowledge mental health. It's a whole nother thing to open up and say, hey, okay, I'm going to talk about this with my someone I'm in a relationship with. I'm going to talk about this with my friends, with my family. That's a whole nother step. That can sometimes be a little bit more difficult to do. And one of the things that reasons we have this show and why we do this is because we want to give people the courage to talk about it and let them know, hey, look, it's okay to talk about this. It's okay to not always be okay. And most importantly, it's okay to reach out for help when you need it. That's what we're really trying to get across. And I think the messaging that we have with mental health as a society is getting to that point, which is 
fantastic. That is great. It's music to my ears. But we want to make sure that we get it on a level where everybody realizes it's okay to talk about it everybody realizes you can reach out for help, not just certain groups of people. And one of the ways that we do that and how we break that stigma is by doing stuff like this, is by talking about it, having conversations, mm-hmm. and letting people know that they're not alone and it is okay to bring it up. Right, and I think with the stigma with anything, because I actually learned um, from a buddy of mine that there was a huge stigma around cancer, believe it or not, at one mm-hmm. point, which we wouldn't even yeah. think about anymore, thank God, because it's been, I would say, mostly eradicated. I could be wrong. I could have ignorance there, but I, I think, I don't really see that. Um, you know, it, it comes from ignorance about anything. That's where a stigma comes from. And so since we can't always see mental health, that's what I always explain to people. Like if I'm talking to a group of kids, you know, I can see if someone broke their arm. I can't see who has anxiety or who has right. depression or whatever. But hey, that is the end of part one. And in part two, we'll talk about actual lived experiences and basically how the stigma around male uh, men's mental health affected Scott and I directly. Mm. So we will be right back after these quick commercial breaks. Hey everyone, Eric Katz here, the owner of Katz Dogs Canine. Are you working from home and need to get your dog out running around for the day? Will you be traveling this summer and looking for a place to board your pup? Is your dog looking a little shaggy and need a haircut or bath? Are you looking forward to walking around and enjoying this beautiful weather, but you can't because your dog's pulling like a freight train? Well, you're in luck. We are a one-stop shop that focuses on daycare, boarding, grooming, and training. We are located at 35 Middle Road, Percocy PA on 10 beautiful acres. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Cats Dogs Canine or our website, catsdogscanine.com. Our phone number is 855 Cats Dog, 855 528 9364. If you're a parent who wants to understand the mental health challenges your child faces, then my book, My Perfect Life, How Depression Almost Ended It and How I Found Purpose Through Pain is for you. Through goofy, relatable stories, you'll see the world from the eyes of someone silently battling depression. Most importantly, you'll learn how we can find hope and purpose through pain. Get your copy of My Perfect Life today. Available on Amazon by searching Lucas Wolf, My Perfect Life. And that's Wolf with an E. Tired of talk radio shows that are nothing but Trump, Trump, and more Trump? Looking for something that actually has some relevance to your life? Then tune into The Pennsylvania Project. Hi, I'm Ken Krawchuk, host of The Pennsylvania Project. Our mission is to showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania, and we're all about solutions. So tune in Mondays, 3 p.m. here on WWDB, 860 a.m. in Philadelphia. When the problem is same old, same old talk radio, the correct solution is The Pennsylvania Project. Hey folks, what's going on? It's Evan Transu, aka Ev here. I just wanted to shout out my friends at FDN Thrive. Part of my story with mental health is that I was actually able to get a hold of a lot of my mental and physical health issues by addressing what was going on in my body. So I do mean more of a natural slash functional medicine side. Is this going to be for everyone? Absolutely not. But if you're someone like me who suffered for years and maybe a lot of the conventional things didn't work out, you might want to consider what is going on in your body and see if that is playing any role. So if you want to focus on something more objective, get some lab results, and actually have these lab results analyzed by practitioners who are trained in this specific modality, then go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. That's fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. 
And we are back. Welcome to the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P and Ev. My name is Ev. I'm a professional speaker in the youth mental health space. What's going on, everybody? My name is Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. Scotty P, and I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others to navigate life through the lens of hope. And listen, folks, on this show, we are talking all things mental health all of the time. And our first show of November is all about men's mental health because it is Men's Mental Health Month. Now, in part one, we always talk about the topic itself, why it matters, really defining it. And so just the brief is this, man. I mean, there are unique challenges that are dealt with when someone deals with mental health issues in general. And then there are other unique challenges depending on what you know, whatever category of existence or categories of existence you fall into based on um, gender, sexual orientation. There's so many different mm-hmm. things that provide their own unique stigma, unfortunately. So we're just talking about one thing today. We're talking about the thing that we could speak on best. You know, we're both dudes. So we're able to do that. But there's a bunch of else out there. So make sure you're also digesting that information. Just want to be clear. And um, in part two, we always like to start off with like quotes of the day. And I know that you got a quote for us, don't you? Uh, yes, you I do. I, I, I have a quote of the day it's uh from a man as well for men's mental health month and a very prominent figure and somebody who's done a lot for the mental health field particularly for men so my quote is from the g himself mr michael phelps you know the guy and he said this quote unquote since the day i opened up about my emotions it's been so much easier for me to live and so much easier for me to enjoy life very simple quote here but i think coming from someone like michael phelps who's one of the most decorated olympians of all time This really means a lot. Now, I remember, I'm sure you do, Ev, when he came out talking about his mental health a couple years ago, it was a huge thing. Now, here's the thing. I remember there was a little bit of backlash. In the athletic community, I remember initially there were some people thinking that he was soft, quote unquote, that's the word I heard, soft, that he wasn't mentally stable, he wasn't able to handle himself. And I think he kind of put the kibosh on any any of those rumors considering he won so many gold medals. But I love this quote because when he's talking about here, look what he says. It became so, when I started talking about my emotions, it became so much easier for me to live. And look at this, so much easier for me to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what we're all trying to do. We want to enjoy this life. We get one, we get one life. We want to make sure that we're enjoying it. And when we talk about our mental health and what's going on with us, I can't even begin to show you how much research and evidence shows that it helps us to enjoy the quality of our life better because we're realizing we're not alone. And I'm sure if you were to ask Michael as well, he would say, Hey, when I talk to someone about it, it got the pressure off me. It made me realize I wasn't by myself. I wasn't the only one dealing with these things. And that's what we want to make sure that we're doing. Because when you feel alone, that's when you start to feel like you don't matter. And when you start to feel like you don't matter, you start to tell yourself you don't matter. And then when you start to tell yourself and that negative self-talk comes into play, oof, that's when we start to head down some scary paths. And, we, and that's not something we want to do. We don't want to go towards a crisis. Sure. We want to work on prevention. And one of the best ways of prevention is as followed is to talk about it (laughs) is to open up about these things and that's why i love this quote so much i think it's so great so ev what's the quote you got for us today well first of all so much of just talking about it uh, sorry talking about it could end so many of these problems like the major major crisis situations that we see and it sounds so simple um but it's the truth and my quote's pretty simple as well but you know this is kind of where we're at in my opinion because i still think we have so much work to do here but the quote's just this mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of but stigma and bias shame us all and Ooh. i think what this person was getting at basically like is that. that you know when we have this stigma and bias around it it shames us all like it's affecting everyone right no one wins by this because mm-hmm. you know someone having their stigma around me and my mental health issues in high school and then i'm not talking about this with anyone that led to these other problems in other people's lives because i'm not getting 
getting help now. So I'm mm-hmm. affecting other individuals that I love and care about, right? right? Now, I can't speak for them, but I assume that that's what they're getting at because I've seen what can happen when someone doesn't get help for their mental health. I've been that person. And then I go around bringing everyone else down with me. Is that always going to happen? Not necessarily, uh, but it certainly happened for me. I don't know if you affected other people in your life. I'm, I'm sure you probably did in oh, some yeah. way. It's pretty hard not to if you've been through it long enough, right? Sure. There's, there's one thing too. I don't want to, I should have added this in part one. I just found this fascinating because I didn't actually know this until uh, we were doing this show. The number one at-risk group mm-hmm. for suicide is older white men aged 85 and older. Mm. More men in this demographic die by suicide every year than in any other group by age, sex, or race. 85-year-old men are older. That is, I would have never guessed that in a million years. Um, and so that's just one, I mean, it's kind of a random tidbit, but if I don't even know that, did you know that? I, I did not. Okay, no. so you have two people <laughs> that work in the space every single day and we yep. didn't know that. I think that's kind of an important thing to know. You know, maybe, um, sure. I don't. I do not mean this in a joking way at all, but like, Watch out for grandpa, like watch out for mom or dad, depending on how old you are listening to this. I wouldn't have known that. That's an important thing for sure. So obviously in part two, like I said uh, a little earlier, but if you're just tuning in, we do talk about more lived experiences with this. And I I have a short one. I can start off right away. One of the hardest things for me to accept looking back because it's so ridiculous that this probably did stem primarily from the fact that we were both young men is that one of my best friends in the world, and I won't... um, I won't name names, just it's kind of inappropriate. It's not necessary. That's but true. someone that I grew up with, five, six years old, we were best friends all the way up until the point that they were 22 years old. I mean, it was a while, man. You know, this is someone I was going to talk to for the rest of my life, most likely. Right. And he ended up passing away from a drug overdose. It was heroin laced with fentanyl. And I found out after that drug overdose that he dealt with mental health issues for years that mm-hmm. I just never knew he had, like not even close. I kind of assumed that maybe he dealt with some stress from some of the abuse that he had experienced, mm-hmm. but the stuff that I was told afterwards, I was like, wow. And everything that I was told was not because he voluntarily told someone else, it was simply because other people saw it and he couldn't right. hide it to, with them. Now, this is one of my best friends in the world. It's someone that could have called me up and told me anything and I would have had their back. And I always tell people to think about this in presentations, like your best friend, is there anything in the world that they couldn't tell you that you wouldn't have their back for? And it's like, Mm -hmm. other than maybe like murder or something, right? You're going to have their back. I'm just being funny. But like, seriously, most things you're going to have their back for. But that's what mental health can do. It can make us feel like, oh, well, we can't talk to anyone about this. And it's definitely what the stigma can do because in my friend's mind, it was objectively, and I say objectively because these were the actions that were taken. Mm-hmm. It was objectively easier to choose drugs than to call up his homie and say, hey, man, I'm dealing with this stuff. And I got so upset when he passed away. And not at him, right? But just at the situation. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know right. better. You could have told me something. Then I started thinking. I'm like, well, wait a second. When did you ever tell him about all the stuff that you went through? Uh, mm. Yeah, wow, never. So we spent our entire elementary, middle school, and high school careers dealing with this stuff, actually really similar symptoms, just, you know, some stuff went uh, different ways, but no, fundamentally it was actually really similar. Never once did we have one conversation ever about these types of issues. And I can't help but think that's not just about the mental health uh, stigma. I think it's because we were both males, especially him, the family he came from. Did you either toughen up or, or that's yeah. it, right? And toughen up apparently somehow includes not talking about actual health conditions, which is, which is just ridiculous. So that's one way that it affected my life for sure and uh, my friend's life as well. Absolutely. And I think what you just said there was 
a story that a lot of men can relate to. I know I can relate to that as well. And one of the things as one of the things that I think is really big as men is when we hang out together, we don't really talk about this stuff too much. Now, there's a society, you know, societal thing that's to it. I'm sure when we all watch those old sitcoms, like I'm thinking of King of Queens for some reason with Kevin James from the <laughs> early thousands. Yeah. Great show, by the yeah. way. Nice plug for it. Anyways, you should, you should watch it. But if, if you haven't, there's this one scene where they're all hanging out together and Doug starts talking about his emotions. And his friend Deacon and Spence are like, uh, we're not doing this. And then they just stop and they start talking about the Jets or something like that because it was in New York. Funny thing, but so accurate because a lot of times as men, we don't know how to bring this up to each other. Here's why. Because we're all so concerned with trying to be the toughest guy that we can be. We don't want to seem like, oh, I can't handle myself. Oh, I'm not as tough as you. If I talk about my mental health, then that means you're going to get a better job, that you're going to get the better girl, that you're going to get this and I won't. That's kind of how we view it sometimes. We view it as this weakness in ourselves saying, oh, wow, I guess I'm not able to do or be up to par as everybody else. So what do we do? We keep it inside and we put on that mask that I talk about all the time that we're totally fine, that we're tough and live behind that facade. Now, I know as a personal story for me, when I was in high school and in college, I dealt with a lot of issues with depression, particularly uh, for anyone who knows my story. I know I've talked about that pretty extensively. But one of the things that I found hardest was that I was struggling and I knew I was struggling. I was withdrawing from people. I was angry all the time. And I was having all these negative thoughts to the point where I didn't even really want to get out of bed a lot of times. Now, I knew I needed to talk to somebody and I could always talk to my parents and that helped me tremendously. But I felt like I needed something more. I felt like I needed somebody that was in my friend group to talk to. But I didn't know how to start that conversation. Because I was so afraid that if I told one of my friends, like, hey, you know what? When I wake up in the mornings, sometimes I just feel dead on the inside. I was afraid that if I said that, it was either A, going to make them look at me differently. They weren't going to be friends with me. Or that it would somehow get out and then everyone would tell everyone, oh, well, Scott, it feels like he's a loser or something. I didn't want that stereotype. But coming to grips with it, and as I moved on and matured in my life, I found that when I did talk about that to my friends... That's not what happened at all, but rather they were very accepting. And here's the thing. A lot of times they were dealing with the same exact things. Bingo. Bingo. That's one of the things that we don't realize is that when we talk about this, we're so consumed at what everyone's going to think about us and this is what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen, that we don't even open our minds to the possibility that somebody else might be dealing with the same issue. And we might be helping them tremendously and giving them the courage to be able to talk about what they're going through as well. So when you talk about it, especially as a man, I know it's hard at first. I know it's not something that we grow up knowing how to do. But when you do it, there is such power in that because you're setting the standard that, hey, it's okay to do this. You can talk about it. I could talk about it. We can help each other with what we're going through. Yes, and that's something that I didn't learn till later, but I'm thankful that I know it now. I, I love that you said that because it was actually one of the points I was going to make. It's like nowadays when I do talk about this with people, it almost throws them off. And I don't mean necessarily in a mm -hmm. bad way. It actually usually ends up being a great thing. Yeah. But I am so blatantly open about this and just do it without any filter. Like, what did he just say? Like, you, <laughs> but it's like, dude, this is what it is, right? And they might right, not know me facts. yet. They might not know what the work is. It's like, no, this is the job in a sense. But mm -hmm. no, I would do this anyway at this point. And what's really helpful, I think, and not that this is fair, but it's just part of that stigma. I, I don't come off as a particularly feminine dude, like overall, right? I got the good voice for that. I'm not like a 250 pound jacked up man, but like <laughs> I do overall okay, right? And so 
I think it's really helpful for people to hear it from someone that they can relate to in that sense, you know? Yeah. Um, they know like, yeah, dude, no, I'm just a, a regular guy who has dealt with this stuff in the past and that's totally cool. I'm not going to hide that from you. And then what you actually do is you empower others with it. Mm -hmm. And I've had to have said this on the show before. There's no way I would have escaped this far without saying it. But one of my favorite quotes, and I'll paraphrase it, is that as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give permission for others to do the same. Mm -hmm. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence actually liberates others and again that's not the full quote but i love that talk thing. about it, it e-book yeah. talk about it. <laughs> it finishes at the end of my book and stuff like that one's powerful to me because it means something right. more each time i i read it and i'm like wow i get this now as i'm just me as i'm just doing my thing and being evan transu mm -hmm. i am unconsciously giving permission for others to do the same and so like you said scott right. when you finally talk to people about this you got me just like i was like completely head nod into that so many people actually really respect it or they've dealt with it themselves or they're dealing with it and mm -hmm. they start pouring their heart out to you. You're like, whoa, I didn't even know that you were going through this because we've never had the conversation, right? Yeah. Um, not that this is like, a, I guess, a story per se, not in the same way as the one with my friend, but I think one of the other reasons that there's such an issue is just the confusion that we have around this. Yeah. We, <laughs> there is a value in being strong, right? That mm -hmm. is definitely course, a quote unquote masculine thing. But let's define the difference between strength and mental health, because there's a big one, right? Mm, you wouldn't call someone uh, weak for not being able to walk on a broken leg. Yeah. That's just stupid if someone said that, right? <laughs> they have a broken leg. It's a real medical condition. So you're not weak because you can't push through the feelings of depression or you can't push through the feelings of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Dude, you don't walk on a broken leg, right? That is a clinical condition. So yeah, man, I'm not opposed to you know, having strength or whatever, right? Like maybe strength for you is, you know, that you can get that extra rep in the gym and you're just being lazy. Let's call it what it is. You're being lazy. You're being overly tired for no reason. You know that you got sleep last night. You feel good. You're like, oh man, I don't feel like being here right now. I don't want to do number eight, nine, 10. I want to go home. Okay. Yes. I would call the person who pushes through when they safely can mm -hmm. and can do so in a healthy way. Sure. I would call that strong. Not, I mean, obviously there's a physical strength that. there, but yeah, no, you're pushing through. That's mentally strong. I get that. That's not a clinical thing, man. That's just called, all right, I'm going to be mentally strong. Right. If you're dealing with depression, no, you're not mentally strong. You're like, oh, I'm just never going to tell anyone about this and, and try to do it. Guys, that never works like 100% of the time. It doesn't yeah. work. Some people just last a little longer than others. And by the way, the ones that lasted longer got lucky. They weren't stronger. That's not what I'm saying, right? There is a limit to this stuff. It's going to snap eventually. So why not just start dealing with it now? But I think that confusion really mixes people up because there's one side shouting that, okay, well, you know, you know, men have to talk about everything and like you can't be strong at all as a man. It's like, no, like, yes, there's strength. There are people that are more mentally tough than others. That right. is a fact. And so when we don't separate those two and we just use one extreme or the other, there's either no mental health or it's only mental health, right? Mm -hmm. People get confused. I like to be a realist. No, there's both. You can be a strong individual mentally, stronger than others. That's a fact. I'm not the strongest person in the world. I'm probably stronger than certain others. But then there's also mental health. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that right? No, it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, and the, the thing is, when we're talking about mental health, is it's not necessarily so black and white. There's a lot of gray areas in between. And I think that's what's really important for people to realize is that, hey, look, maybe somebody else's experience is different than mine. That doesn't devalidate my experience or validate their experience because our validation doesn't come from what other people say about us. Our validation comes from what we say about ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's what's really important to realize. So... 
I think that in our society today, and when we're especially with men and mental health and being that it's Movember as it's called, one of the things that we really need to do though is that we have to learn to identify these symptoms sooner. That is something that I don't think is talked about enough, especially as men. Because as men, let's be honest, we have a tendency to put things off sometimes, right? Every once in a while, you know, oh, I don't feel like going to the doctor, right? You know, because I got this pain in my chest, but I'm okay. I'm not going to go to the doctor. Oh, I got this scrape. I'll just, you know, rub some dirt on it. A lot of times when we're young, we're taught that. And it's okay to find to be that way. But when it comes to our mental health, when you start to see those symptoms, when you just quote unquote ignore them, they don't go away. It doesn't heal just like a scab does on your knee, but rather it sticks around. Yeah. And sometimes it goes into that subconscious and then it comes back into our conscious. And then next thing you know, we're completely consumed and wrapped up with either depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever it might be. And we don't know how it started and we don't know what the next step is. But what do we do know how to do? Well, let me just keep moving forward like everything's okay and I'll be fine. That doesn't work. Just like Ever was saying, you wouldn't do that with a broken leg. You don't do that when you're dealing with a serious mental health issue. Now, I will say this, though. It's important to have resilience, too. There are going to be times where, look, things are going to happen in your life that suck. There are going to be things that happen to you that are so unfair that make you want to scream and shout at the top of your lungs and say, why is this happening? That's part of living life. We need to learn how to move forward through that. And every time we have an obstacle, we can't just lay down and say, oh, well, this isn't fair. I can't believe this is happening to me and cry about it. No. But what's okay to do is when those things do happen is to talk about it yeah. and is to let somebody know, hey, this is how I'm feeling. That is strength. That is good. But then realizing, okay, I'm not staying here. I'm acknowledging my mental health. I'm talking to people. I'm using resources. I'm using the things that I can to help me through it. But I'm continuing to move forward. Because I'm a true believer that when we get stuck in our lives, when we get stuck in depression or a low period, whatever it might be, when we get stuck, that's when we become susceptible to even more you know, dangerous thoughts and actions. We got to make sure we're always continuing to move forward no matter how difficult things are. Now, that process of moving forward it looks different for everybody. It might look different for you than it does for him, than me, than him. It's different for every single person. But it's important to identify what that looks like for you identify what you're struggling with and work on, hey, okay, acknowledgement and make sure that you're taking those proper steps in whatever healthy way that is for you. But it starts with acknowledgement. Scott, I know we didn't plan this, but we got like two minutes before the break. I think this could yeah. actually be really useful. I pulled up some of the most common symptoms in men, and of course this could be in women as well, that are dealing with like unresolved mental health issues. Okay. Why don't we just like each like count ourselves, I'll use like my fingers, but it's going to be yeah. hard to read and count. And then at the end, we'll say how many we relate to. So Scott and I didn't plan this. We're both dudes. This let's is not see planned. If, yeah, let's see if this is real stuff. Aggressiveness, anger, and irritability. Changes in mood or energy levels. Changes in appetite or sleeping habits. Difficulty focusing. Feeling restless or on edge. A high consumption of alcohol. Inappropriate use of drugs. Participating in risky activities. Feeling sad, hopeless, numb, or emotionally flat. Having aches, pains, or other physical symptoms without a clear cause. Obsessive or compulsive thoughts or behaviors. Uh, thinking or acting in a way that causes concern to others or has a negative impact on work, social, or family life, thinking about or attempting suicide. Um, I had 14 of those. I think that was all of them. I think because you didn't have the alcohol. I know that you were always good with that. You had. Yeah, I had about nine or 10. Okay. So, <laughs> so obviously <laughs> there's some validity to what we're talking Absolutely. about here, right? Yeah. And so these are things that you maybe want to look out for um, in someone that you love. And of course, yeah. guys, listen. Mental health can display in a multitude of different ways. Mm -hmm. Everything that was just said here can also apply to people who are not men. We're not just saying it's 100%. limited to that. But it is important to start seeing things in a different light because I can't tell you how often 
I know for me, aggressive anger and irritability that was looked at by my teacher sometimes. And fair enough as just being like this punk teen. And I kind of played that image. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Fair enough. I'm not just giving them a break. It's like, no, that's actually what it looked like. Yeah. We need people being um, trained for this. And I think two of the biggest ones that I see so commonly, but people don't really talk about are those changes in appetite and sleeping habits. Mm. If you're the mm -hmm. type of person that one day you can eat everything in sight and the next you don't have an appetite for one meal, right. or you're the type of person that you are physically exhausted, but there you are until three or four in the morning every day, or the opposite. Some people will sleep 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and they still don't feel well rested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guys, I'm not saying necessarily that's just depression. But it certainly can be. But we don't always think about that. We're thinking mental health. We have this stigma around what it is. Right. Um, no, it could be a lot of different things. So, hey, in part three, we will talk about how we worked through this stigma, coping mechanisms that we learned. But we will be right back after these quick commercial breaks. Find Yourself Boxes was to create to foster the connection between a person and those in life who may be working through mental health challenges by providing curated and customizable boxes filled with research-backed wellness products that promote healing. Coupling personal experience with professional mental health guidance, Find Yourself Boxes meets people where they are on their journey. Wellness doesn't look the same for every person, and these products are packaged together to touch various aspects of our wellness spectrum. Find your healing with Find Yourself Boxes at findyourselfboxes.com, and you can get 20% off your first purchase. Does the pandemic have your hair looking a little funky? Are people stopping and staring and glancing at you as you walk down the street? Folks, come on now. Hair salons, they've been open for a while. It's time to get your hair cut. You've definitely been procrastinating. <laughs> I know my producer has. And when you do it, you should head to Hair Envisions in Ottsville, PA. Hair Envisions is open Tuesday through Saturday. They specialize in coloring and also offer keratin treatments that give your hair a smooth finish. Hair Envisions offers haircuts for all ages so you can bring the whole family. Schedule your appointment today by calling 610-847-8894. Again, that is 610-847-8894. And tell them that Scotty P and Health Coach Ev sent you. If you're looking to get more TMS, ketamine, and Spravato patients, then 7-Figure Psych is for you. Beyond Marketing's flagship 7-Figure Psych business development and marketing system helps mental health professionals to attract, schedule, and convert new patients into care. Join a community of like-minded business professionals and automate your entire online presence. Visit these guys at 7figurepsych.com. That's the number 7, figurepsych.com. Guys, cancer is a word that most of us know all too well. And as is the case for so many other conditions, Western medicine is a miraculous yet incomplete form of treatment for those who are suffering. But what if there was a place in our community that helped meet the many other needs for cancer patients? Well, that's exactly what my aunt, Corinne Sakura envisioned. And now you can help make that vision come to life. The Corinne Sakura Wellness and Support Center is designed to be a comforting space for all cancer patients across Bucks County. This center will help these individuals meet their emotional, social, physical, and lifestyle needs that are essential pieces of one's healing journey. Because of people like you, this center will be able to offer a multitude of completely free services to local patients and their families. A large vision like this needs all the support, support it can get, and you can help today. Go to CorinneSakuraCenter.org and click the donate button. That is C-O-R-I-N-N-E-S-I-K-O-R-A, CorinneSakuraCenter.org, and click the donate button. 
And we're back. Welcome to the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P and Ev, where we are talking all things mental health all of the time. Tonight's topic is men's mental health because November is Men's Mental Health Month. By the way, my name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Ev, and I am a professional speaker in the youth mental health space. And what's going on, everybody? My name is Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. Scotty P, and I'm a professional inspirational speaker for to help others navigate life through the lens of hope. And he is the birthday boy as well, but yeah. still here on the air <laughs> throwing it down, baby. Nothing we'd rather be doing, right? All Absolutely. Right. Part three is where we talk about actually how we learn something from the things that we went through, coping strategies, whatever. And so just sort of review real quick. Part one, we always define things. Part two, we kind of talk about lived experiences where this stuff wasn't going so well for us. And then part three is always the best part. This is mm-hmm. where we actually leave you with something useful for the weekend or the day if you're listening to this on the podcast. So um, I think I started off part two. Do you want to start off part three? Yeah, sure. We'll get it. We'll get it started here. So just as I was saying, everybody, this is our favorite part of the show because it is the most useful and it's where you could be like, okay, wow. So what can I do today? day in this moment to help me with my mental health and what I'm struggling with. Now, this topic today is broad. We're just talking about men's mental health. So there's a variety of ways that we could kind of take this. But one of the things that I think is really important, not just for men, but really for anybody to do uh, when we're talking about our mental health is to really make sure that we know exactly what we're struggling with. Name it to tame it. That's one of the ways I call it. I come up with like cheesy little names for things because it helps (laughs) us to remember. But seriously, name it to tame it. So here's what I mean by that. Let's imagine that you're a little kid and you're scared of the dark. Most of us, a lot of us probably were. And I'm sure we can all remember a time where we were in our room, maybe it was a cold, windy night, and you heard something kind of banging around on the window. And you were scared to get up and look because you thought, oh my goodness, someone's about to rob my house or there's a creature out there. I don't know what's going on out here. And you were scared, right? And your mind started racing. You got real anxious thinking, oh my goodness, there's an army of people out there. It's the boogeyman and Slenderman. Oh my gosh, I can't believe. Yada, 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 yada. But... When you finally got up to see what it was, or if you called your parents and told them to check out what it was, and you realized it was just a tree branch on the window, all of a, all of a sudden, you felt a little bit better, right? You're like, okay, I know what it is now, so my mind can stop playing these tricks and games on me, right? So in the same way, when we're struggling with a mental health issue, and it could be any type, if we don't identify what it is, if we don't pay attention to the symptoms of it, our mind is going to be doing circles. We're going to be thinking that we have this, we have that, we've only got two seconds more to live, we've got this, that. We start doing Google searches, and that just leads us to being more anxious and more prone to falling deeper into those mental health challenges, right? So what we want to do is just like when we were a kid and we saw what it was, we got up, we're told our parents too, right? In the same way, we want to take the symptoms that we're having We want to look at them and we want to go to a verified source, whether it's that's a doctor, a psychologist or a verified source online. And we want to match up our symptoms with what we see so that that way we could put a name to it. Now, here's the thing. It might not be a clinical issue. You might just be suffering from burnout. And we talked about that on last week's show, which is a really relevant thing for a lot of us nowadays. You might be suffering with that. Maybe it is anxiety. Maybe it's OCD. But when you finally put a name to it and the right name making sure you're literally finding out what it is and the right name to it, it's going to help us to take that first step forward to overcoming it and starting our recovery process, whatever that looks like for you. So in short, again, name it to tame it. Look at your symptoms, find a verified, perfect, good source that you can say, hey, this is what it is, and then 
name it so that that way you could move through it in the proper way. So I think that's the first good strategy. Absolutely, man. I'm lucky I get to hang out with this guy. I leave with so many little rhymes and all this stuff and quotes <laughs> by himself that are actually fire, to be honest. So <laughs> um, it's it. always great. Now, my thing is, again, sometimes I just like simple and you know, maybe as Every now and then I'll get really scientific on this show and actually quite complicated, but sometimes the simplest stuff's the best. And this is the rule that I have for myself. And I've said this on the show before, mm -hmm. and I think we both agree with this. At one point in our lives, the lack of vulnerability was actually one of our greatest weaknesses. Right. And now in my life, like literally by definition, considering my career, vulnerability, the willingness to be vulnerable is actually my biggest asset. So mm -hmm. it's kind of amazing how that's been able to be turned. And because of that, my strategy that I use, and this is something that can apply to anyone for a multitude of things, not even just the men's mental health stuff. I talk to everyone about something that I'm feeling the minute that I'm feeling it. Mm -hmm. If I know something's off, if I know something's not going right, just even a little bit, I'm talking to someone about it. I get the friends on the phone. I do this. I am never going to be so silly as to do what I did for 13 years and think that I need to do this by myself or not talk to people about it. Biggest right. mistake ever. All the major problems in my life came from that. And what I realized is when you just jump on stuff right away, bam, man, you get a lot of stuff under control. Yeah. Um, I, I've referenced this a few times on the show. One of the most stressful things that happened to me in the last, honestly, like five, six years, I'm lucky. Those have been really good years compared to the first 13 of my life that's for sure was just you know a bad kind of breakup like something that there was many aspects where you think that you're going to be with this person for a while and it's like wow that didn't really work out right. so what i did though was just i'm like what does ev want to do mm -hmm. i want to retreat i want to hide i don't want to talk i want to keep this to myself i don't want to act like i'm hurt right oh it doesn't actually bother me no i don't really care okay so that's what i want to do so let's go do the exact opposite Ooh, and i said this okay. before um probably uh, in a different show, but not in this context. I'm not kidding. In the three days after this occurred, I am almost positive I spent just about 20 or 21 hours on the phone. Mm -hmm. 20 or 21 hours in three days. I'm calling up people, family, friends, whatever. I couldn't believe how much that helped. And once those three days were gone, okay, I guess like everything's perfect. I'm not right. saying that, but I was like, Wow. Like I took myself away from that ledge. And I mean this figuratively. I don't yeah, mean that that's I'm the guessing. position I was actually in. But you're on this figurative ledge where it's like, wow, everything's so bad. It's never going to get better. No one's ever going to love me again. All this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And that took me away from that so quickly. Whereas when I was a kid and I didn't talk about this stuff, you could stay on that ledge indefinitely if right. no one knows about what's going on. So now my rule and something I encourage for everyone else is I talk to everyone about this stuff when I'm feeling a little off or something's not going well and people are like, oh, well, wait a second. I have people in my life that don't want to hear that. Great. Mm -hmm. That's why part two of my steps is that I don't hang around people who don't accept this. Right. I don't judge people, man. I accept you for who you are and I'm going to be there for you for the stuff that you're dealing with. So if you can't do that, that doesn't mean I'm going to be like, oh, screw you, man. We're never hanging out again. Right. I'm just like, okay, I remember that. I cross that bridge a little less often. I'm not big on burning bridges. I think that's bad, but I don't cross them as often because that's important. I don't I don't need to be around that. You're not helping me with what I've dealt with forever. Like that's just going to bring back those old memories. Oh, I can't talk to people about this. Nope. Zero tolerance policy for it because I apply that zero tolerance policy to myself when other people come to me. So that's actually fair, right? So that's definitely my first major thing is tell people how you feel the second that you're feeling it 
and don't hang around those people who are not willing to hear it because unfortunately they do still exist. It's fewer and fewer, but it is out there. Absolutely. And I think that is so important for everybody to hear is that we have to really pay attention to who we're surrounding ourselves with and what we're consuming, both on a physical, emotional and spiritual level. If we're just letting all these different things in and surrounding ourselves with these type of people that are toxic for us, oof, that is not going to lead us to being in a position that is very healthy for us at all. So I love that I've said that. I think that is a really important thing for everybody to make sure that we're doing. Now, in the last part that I said there, I talked about name it and tame it. So to kind of go off of that, the next really key strategy that I think everybody could take from this is something that I kind of, I don't have a name for it, but we'll, we'll talk about it this way, is learning to separate your feelings and your emotions from your current circumstances. Now, here's what I mean by that. And I've talked about this in episodes before, but I think it is really important and worth noting again. In our lives, there's it's always ups and downs, right? It's that roller coaster. It's highs, lows, peaks, and valleys. We heard that all the time. And if we stay on that roller coaster all the time, it's going to emotionally wear us out, which is going to lead to depression, anxiety, whatever it is eventually, because we're constantly just being thrown all around in every different direction because of all the different emotions that we feel throughout the day. Because the fact is this. As humans, we're very complex people. We feel multiple different types of emotions at the same time, okay? It's not always one emotion is dominating everything right now. So when we can learn, though, to separate our emotion and what I'm feeling right now from our circumstance, I think that's really important. Because, look, let's say my circumstances aren't what I want it to be right now. Let's say I'm not happy in my life and there's a lot of things going on that are very stressful and difficult. That does not automatically mean that I have to be sad. That does not automatically mean that I have to, you know, allow myself to fall down into that difficult place that I've been in the past. Sure, my circumstances might not be ideal, but if I put in the work, if I'm surrounding myself with the right people, if I'm, you know, listening to things that are going to be good and build me up, I can still find some of that peace, some of that joy, and some of that happiness in my life even if those circumstances aren't ideal. And I think sometimes as people, and I do this all the time, that's how you know that I could talk about it because and you can trust me when I say it because I do it a lot. And I'm trying to work on it. My circumstances will determine how I feel for the day. So if something bad happens today, I have a tendency to just boom, fall down again. But what I'm working on is saying, hey, okay, let me stay even keel, right? Let me not just let one bad event totally ruin my mindset and ruin my time, but rather let me stay here instead of falling down. And in the same way, not going woo through the roof when one good thing happens, but, you know, being excited, allow myself to feel that. But again, separating the two rather than just going on that emotional roller coaster all the time. So the first one, name it and tame it. Second one, want to learn to separate our emotions from our circumstances, knowing that they don't have have to be the same all the time. Apparently, I'm just trying to have a simple episode because that's, you know, the things that I'm sticking with are just straightforward. But yeah, I, I have a story for this too. And it's just giving yourself a break because you're human. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, this can apply to a lot more than just males, obviously. But that is something that men don't do a lot of times, right? We work like crazy very often. The standards are insane that we put on ourselves. Dude, we're human too. There are limits to our stuff or whatever. And we do human things. And I'll never forget, this had such a profound impact on me. And I know this... To some, they might not get this, but to others like me, I know, Scott, like you'd get this. Mm -hmm. My buddy Lane, and uh, fortunately, this guy passed away in May in a very tragic car accident, but he was awesome. He was a mentor to me. He was someone like five years older, just about. And um, he he was one of the people I got involved with right after high school. And it was someone I looked up to, man. I, I looked mm -hmm. at this guy as like a very like cool, like alpha guy. Like he wasn't like a jerk, <laughs> right? He wasn't that <laughs> type of you. person. He was just such a good dude. And I wanted to be like him in a lot of ways. He right. was one of the people that got me into speaking. He would go up and speak with so much dang confidence in the meetings that we had. I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And 
one of the things that we do is we're so hard on ourselves for just being human. I know like in presentations, I've actually, this was the funniest thing ever. I had like a PowerPoint clicker in my hand mm -hmm. and I flung it while like <laughs> I like did a gesture. And the th I'm in an assembly, man. There's like 400 kids. It is silent. We're talking about a serious topic. That thing goes flying. The battery goes spinning one way. The uh, back, you know, what do you call that? Like the little clip on it. That mm -hmm. goes flying another way. And what do we do? We're like, oh, get right in the face or freak out or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just remember this principle of like giving myself a break. I'm human. And I was able to just take that be like, dude, people drop things. And if I don't react, other people won't react. So here's what I'm getting at. This is how this all actually got applied to my life. So Lane, the one time we were all at dinner, a bunch of friends. Uh, we, had, we were just at a conference. And what happened is I was sitting next to him and I like, we were eating dinner, but we're all hyped up. We're all talking still at a million yeah. miles per hour. And I accidentally spit like food in Lane's <laughs> face, you know? And I got red in the face. This was still like pretty early on in my journey. Mm -hmm. I got red in the face. I was so embarrassed. Like, this is my friend, but I'm so right. embarrassed. I'm like, wow, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe that I just did that in my head. And Lane said in the most serious way, in just such an authentic way, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Like, dude, I calm down. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. well, you know, I'm like, I haven't really said anything yet. I just kind of gave him a look. And he's like, dude, you're human. Like, sometimes we spit food out of our mouths. Like, I do that all the time. Like, it's all good, bro. And he, it was the way that he said it that was just different. Mm -hmm. And again, I know that sounds funny, but there's people out there, especially those of us that are anxious, we nitpick ourselves apart for every little thing that we do. The hair's got to be perfect. The skin's got to be perfect. The, we got to be dressing perfectly. Everything's got to be perfect. Otherwise, we're embarrassed. It's like, mm -hmm. dude, you're human, man. Give yourself a break. And so now not only am I able to apply that to relatively simple stuff, like just making a mistake. Oh, man, I said um tonight a bunch of times. Right. Dude, you're human, bro. It's okay. You, you <laughs> killed it last time. It's all good. Yeah. Right? But you can apply that to other things as well. And it mental health fully applies in this. I know that's a little harder <laughs> to say, oh, I'm just going to give myself a break with it. But no, the truth is, yeah, sometimes we got to do that. If you're pushing along and doing your thing and it's just not working, hey, man, you got one life here. You're human. Give yourself a break retract a little bit, take that time that you need to heal up and then come back even better than before. Life's too short to be wasting time. I'm feeling like crap unnecessarily, right? So, hey, if you guys, we're going a little early, but um, are you good for that? Yeah, whatever okay, cool. works, man. Um, guys, if you don't know, we always start the show with Ev and we finish up with Scotty P where he just live, leaves you with a great message for uh, the weekend. So, Scotty, especially on the birthday, we gave you a couple extra minutes here, man. Yeah. Hit him with something good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ev. And to everybody watching on Instagram Live and Facebook Live, like Ev said, I always shut down the show here. We're going to say one last thing that I really want you to take away positive from our episode today so you can get your weekend started on a good note. So today's episode was about men's mental health, but more than that, we're just talking about how to deal with mental health for everybody, whether you're a man or not. Now, before anything else, one of the things that we all have to make sure that we're doing in today's world is this, being kind to ourselves. I know that sounds a little underwhelming, but that's what I want to start with here. I want everybody to just learn to be a little bit more kind to yourself on the relationship that you have with the person that is staring back at you in the mirror. Because mental health is a battle that is internal. It's not something anybody else can see. You can see symptoms of it, but that battle is day, it's night, it's minutely, it's hourly, and it's up here with you, yourself, and I, so to speak, okay? <laughs> it's you. So 
when we can start to be a little bit kinder to ourselves, whether that means you're a man and realizing it's okay for you to be suffering with depression, it's okay for you to talk about it, or maybe you're a woman and saying, hey, you know what? It's okay for me to have meltdowns sometimes. It's okay for me to open up to other people as well. I don't have to keep it inside altogether either. Whoever you are, it's okay to be kind to yourself about these things because mental health is something that does not discriminate against age, sex, race, anything. It affects every single last one of us on this earth. Some more than others, yes, but we all have to deal with it. Now, in order to deal with it, we have to first learn how to love ourselves. We have to start with that because if we don't love ourselves, we're going to pick ourselves apart from every angle. We're going to have that negative self-talk coming in. And the next thing you know, we're in a really dark spot that's hard to get out of. So if there's one thing that I want you to take away from this episode today, is that learn to be kind to yourself and realize that in this life where we are at right now, we're lucky enough to where we can talk about these mental health issues and you don't have to pick yourself apart. You don't have to be that inner critic anymore. You can talk to someone else about it. That's okay to do. And I hope that everybody listening on the radio waves, streaming, that you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? You know, I'm not going to be my enemy anymore. I'm going to be a friend to myself. I'm going to look at myself. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to say positive things about me instead of pulling myself down unmercifully. Okay? So start with that, everybody. So I'm going to wrap this up real quick here. Me, Ev's got one more thing to say, but I want to thank you all so much for joining it today. And thank you for those for the birthday wishes, both on Facebook and Instagram. Turning 25 today, so I'm looking forward to see what life has in store for me. A lot more mental health talking about it, that's for sure. Awesome, man. Well, folks, I will thank you as well so much for tuning in to another episode of the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev, where we are talking all things mental health, all of the time, sharing lived experiences from individuals who have actually gone through these challenges. Scotty, where can people find you? Everybody, you can check me out on my website at www.scottypinspiration.com or Instagram at scottyp underscore inspo. And you can find me at evantransu.com or at evan underscore transu on Instagram. Catch the replay anytime by searching for the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev on any major podcast platform. And we'll see you next week right here on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 FM HD 2. Have a great and safe weekend. Thank you.